Perhaps you are listening to this in your car. Perhaps you're listening to this on an airplane. Perhaps you are listening to this because this is the last piece of media ever to be found after a large apocalyptic event. For whatever reason you are listening, you are listening to N.P. Edgar. I'm your host, Edgar Montplaisir. Today's guest is a very excellent, excellent performer. Uh, probably one of the most pure voices I've ever heard in my life. And we'll talk about that, why I said one of. Uh, uh, and uh, he's here to release two tracks, or not release, but they've already been released, but they're two very, very good tracks that we want to put our listeners on to. Please enjoy my conversation with Joshua. Joshua, how are you? I've been great. I'm so excited to be back. Joshua, I've, I've asked you this. Uh, is your name have any religious backing? I mean, I know what it is, but... Was was the intention behind naming you religious at all? Yeah, one hundred percent. My parents are very religious. Why do they choose to go with the Hebrew version of the name versus the Greek version of the name? I don't know. They want to be different. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Because <laughs> it's like you know, Joshua. Like, but like, it's so interesting. They were like, they were like, now nah, we want the straight up original Hebrew version, Joshua. Yeah, legit. Uh, are any of your other? Do you have any other siblings? I do. I have four siblings. Do they all have religious names as well? No, none of them do. Really? Yeah. It's just you? It's just me. Does that make you feel special in any way? Uh, yeah. Can I guess your age order? Okay. You're the youngest. Wow, how'd you know that? You're just, you're just so free in a way that I think that the oldest <laughs> in your family isn't. <laughs> the funny thing is, is actually the oldest in my family is just, she's an artist as well. Oh, okay. okay. Very much like a free spirit, like... One of them aunties that just be like dashiki mm-hmm. and like hair up in a wrap. Oh wow! Yeah, she's very. Well, much I was like very that. wrong on that. My other two, my siblings, uh, my three siblings in between though, are less like that. Oh, of course. I mean, the middle kid is the one that I think the middle kid, and this is just my me assuming off of my own family, but I feel like the middle kid is always the one that sticks the closest to like the parents' way of thinking and stuff like that. Because they're usually yeah. the ones that are just like, this is, he's, he's doing this and like shit like that. <laughs> they're doing the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're always snitching and shit. 100% uh, <laughs> accurate. Uh, so uh, that's a family of five? Yeah. That is family of five. big. I mean, seven including the parents. But uh, that's a big, big house. Yeah. I mean, my mom and my dad both had like marriages before. Mm-hmm. So I'm the only one from both of them. Oh, wow. So we're like a big combine, combined family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, it's weird because, like, they're technically my half-siblings, but mm-hmm. I don't really, like, we never, like, say that. No, just, no, like, because, yeah, no, my dad is in a very similar situation. He has about maybe nine or 11 siblings, but, like, they're mo- they're all half yeah. because, you know, in Haiti, ain't nobody fucking with condoms, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like, it, it's interesting, like, he doesn't call them, like, his half They're just his brothers and sisters, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's the biggest age difference? Um, so my oldest sister is 18 years older than I am. Wow. So that's like almost, I mean, that's, that's almost two generations ahead of you. That's like a whole ass adult. Yeah. (laughs) And then I was born. So yeah. Yeah. So you were your parents pretty much older when they had you? Did you have like older parents? I think my mom was like 39. Wow. My dad was 40. What what was that experience like having older parents? I mean, it was cool. Like, Mm -hmm. um, even to this day, I think it's it's been pretty cool because I was afforded a lot of things, you know, that you get when you're later in life. You're more stable. Mm-hmm. They were able to send me to, like, better schools. Yeah. I was able to, like, explore music. Um, 
you know, just like do stuff that my other siblings didn't have the luxury of doing. So it was cool. I'm happy. That I, I think that's just so interesting of like having like parents who have done it four times already. They've already raised four. I mean, I don't know what's the difference between you and the next kid, but to have already raised a whole child and then have you, I mean, they must yeah. have had a very set look at how to raise a kid. For sure. I think I kind of came and I uh, threw them for a loop. Yeah. <laughs> like, what well, about I was you? A surprise. Did you feel like you, oh, because you weren't planned. No, I, was I mean, especially at 39. Yeah. She probably like, went to the doctor sideways. No, like, she did. <laughs> my mom was like, nah, you got me messed up. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> she hasn't stopped saying that. Since, yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, 39, that's like some, uh, some biblical, again, biblical yes. shit, right? Like Elizabeth and Isaac having <laughs> yeah. their child really late in life and then exactly. be like, that's impossible. Yeah. Exactly. That's some on, on some like uh, Abraham and Sarai stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because she was also way older, right? Yeah, I think yeah. she was like ninety nine. Yeah. Well, I, I <laughs> I'm very dubious on the numbers in the Bible. Let's just be clear about that. But yeah, she was, which is why she forced Abraham to sleep with uh, her maid. Yeah. yeah. What a weird fucking book. The old <laughs> or the whole Old Testament, I think, is so weird, and I think the Bible would be so much better for it if it just got rid of it. <laughs> it's definitely like a. I mean, you think of the way people thought and lived back then. Yeah. And, like, who knows, like, really how old it is. Yes. And it's just, like, you know, they're talking about people living, like, to 500, 600 years. Yeah, exactly. What? I also find that, like, I'm not sure what the morality of some of the stories are. Like, Abraham and Isaac. That story where Abraham takes Isaac up to, like, God is just like, kill your son. And Abraham's like, all right, dope. I'm gonna do Everyone's it. Everyone's like, bet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, no question. Doesn't question. It. And I, I remember reading that story as a kid and be like, I don't understand what I'm supposed to take away from yeah. this. Yeah. It's like, trust God regardless because he has a plan. Because there's a plan. Yeah. But he was going to kill us. <laughs> because, I, yeah, at the last minute, a, a ram does show up. Yeah. Like that. Yes. But it's it still the ram. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Or Job was another one that really fucked me up as a kid. Yeah. I did not understand why God let all those bad things happen to that man. I don't know. There was supposed to be like a, a takeaway of being like, you know, keep your faith. And yeah. Then, in the end, it'll work out. But it seems almost abusive. It seems like such an abusive relationship. Right. It kind of does. You're right. I never really like thought about it like that. But I've yeah. always had like my reservations with like learning about those stuff. Sure. So the reason why I was saying like my mom stayed to this day being like, oh my god, like what is this child doing? You know, even when I used to go to like Sunday school and stuff mm-hmm. like that, I would get in trouble because I would always ask questions. Yeah. That like they didn't like me to ask. Okay. You know. What kind of questions? Um, I would just be like, well, why did God do that? Maybe like with that amount of sass as well probably yeah (laughs) i mean i'm pretty consistent yeah but they would just be like what do you mean i'd be like well why did god do that it doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. you know and to this day like my mom will be telling me something i'd be like but why why does it why is that a thing yeah why why is it that you know yeah why does it have to be like that so you know i'm uh i'm kind of my mama's sandpaper yeah, I yeah. rub her the wrong way sometimes, but yeah. I think we're both better for it. So. Of course, but I, I can understand that, like you know, on the fifth child to have this one be the one being like, "Nah, I'm gonna break the camel's back. I'm gonna oh. push on every." That has to be so exhausting. It is. I honestly like my mom and dad be like they're troopers, and like the thing that I really appreciate appreciate mm-hmm. about them is like my mom is like a woman of vision, mm. and you know, 
she won't admit it to you, and she would never say it like that. But my mom got like hella intuitive skills. Yeah, like to the point where one time we were sitting at a restaurant, and she was like, "Stop," and she stopped us all, and then an earthquake happened. Wow. You know, like she she be knowing, like we always say, my mom would be knowing stuff. Yeah. So, um, but she would never do it. She'd just be like, "Oh God, give me discernment." Okay. Yeah. Whatever you want she would say. never use like any mystical language for it. No. Is she very Christian? Very, very, very Christian. What denomination specifically? Um, I don't know. I think they're like non-denominational. Now. Okay, for sure. Yeah, they've done like they kind of did it all though. Mm-hmm. They were like Catholic at one time, uh-huh. then like Kojic, and then did like some Baptist stuff. And I yeah. think now they're like pretty much non-denominational. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting. Like, I'm the one who kind of like breaks the mold kind of like pushes her out of her comfort zone of course i mean it makes it makes it makes a lot of sense i mean especially knowing you and your whole vibe but what <laughs> yeah. i find interesting though is that <laughs> it seems though that like a lot of those beliefs and systems are still apparent in you and sometimes your work like i remember when i listened to your music for the first time there was like this like choral element to it yeah that felt very reminiscent of the music that you'd hear in church yeah i mean definitely i grew up in church i that's the first place i ever discovered music mm-hmm. um and you know like my mama got like a big stack of cds from this pastor that she used to work with and i went through every single cd what and, kind of what kind of songs were on it do you remember any of the songs yeah i mean it was like ben tankard and like uh yolanda adams oh, of course uh, there was one album that was like half Mahali Jackson and half uh, Patti LaBelle. Oh, yeah. And so I would like listen to these and I didn't really listen to the radio, not because they didn't let me. I just like I didn't know what radio station to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would play these CDs on the sound system with like these big old Sony earphones that I used to have. And um, I think, yeah, that's where I like fell in love with music. And these are like some huge gospel influences. I mean, this like 100%. we're talking about like Patti LaBelle and Mahalia Jackson are just like those are gospel legends. Yeah, one hundred percent. And like, uh, I also had the CD that was the Alvin Ailey. I think I talked about it last time I was here, but like it was the Alvin Ailey Revelations um, soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And I just like went in, and I fell in love with it. And that's like, that's like beyond. Mm-hmm. That's like some spirituals, like yeah. swing low and of course, um, yeah, like real heavy stuff that I maybe didn't fully understand at the time, but they really, really resonated with me, like to this day. I find that that music because I still I, I still listen to gospel music recreationally, and I don't even know why I say recreationally at this point. If I'm being honest with myself, it's only on Saturdays when I feel nostalgic for the way that I was raised and yeah. going to church and stuff on Saturdays with my parents, but like. So much of what's fascinating uh, about it is just how large in volume the production of it can be in a way that a lot of folk music and stuff necessarily isn't, right? Like, I, right. I remember there was a song that my mom used to listen to a lot called Calvary. It was a Negro spiritual. Uh, and the rhythm of the song was the chains of slaves walking. Yeah. It was like, boom. And you can hear the channel. I was like, this is a massive production yeah. for a religious song. But mo- I feel like most of those songs are like that. Yeah. And the interesting thing about, oh, you can look at me down a rabbit hole now, though. Oh, please. Uh, I'd love to. <laughs> this is, this is, these are the conversations <laughs> I fucking live for. Yeah. No, I do, too. Um, I remember studying. Uh, so it's, it's called duple meter music. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, basically two sounds. So one and two and one and two. And it was the theory was like it originated from 
um, people walking mm. and stepping. That was our first music that, that first we've music. ever heard. Yeah. When we're in our mother's womb, we're hearing dun, 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 mm. her heartbeat. So it's like innate in us to make music like that to this day. And then you think about the spirituals. So many Negro spirituals are made in that sort of like duple meter, yeah. swingy kind of sound. It, and it's it, like, why? Why? Because people were literally marching, walking, you know, in oppression or I don't know. It was, it was crazy. That is about. so fascinating because you're right. Like a lot of it is. Mm-hmm. And that, that is a rhythmic march, like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, very I'm, interesting. I'm, I'm going through every song right now in my head and I can hear that one like very slow. Yeah. That's fucking fascinating. Yeah. Are you studying music right now? Like in, in like a, a scholarly way? Um, no, like I'm, I'm not going to school for it. Yeah. But I think I always have, uh, I'm kind of like drawn to studying theory mm-hmm. and kind of just exploring music. I don't ever want to be like one of those artists who just, you know, they make something and you're like, well, why do you make that? Or do yeah. you have any understanding behind it? They're like, oh, it's kind of just intuitive. Like yeah. I appreciate that. And a lot of things come intuitively, but I think there's something to gain from actually having an understanding, and studying your craft. So, yeah, I'm always, you know, learning about music theory and things oh, like that. I was just listening to Tyler and Zane uh, having a... Did you see that video? I did. Oh, man. That, well, like, that really fucked me up. <laughs> like, listening to Tyler talk about how much work he puts into it and, yeah. like, how much... Like you said, like, he's just, like, going back and studying because he feels unsatisfied with making music the way he did on the lot on right. any of his past stuff and like that moving forward. It really made me appreciate like solo artist. And when I say solo artist, I want to make sure I'm not just talking about one person singing. I'm talking about an artist who truly is behind their own sound. Yeah. Which gets me in a lot of trouble because I talk shit about a certain artist that everyone loves who did the soundtrack for a very big Disney movie that came out recently, <laughs> who for me doesn't fit into that category yeah. because other people are doing that work for her. 100%. I think, I mean, she shall not be named. Because, yeah, because you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't want people up in my mentions. <laughs> I don't want people coming for me. Yeah. Like, I think she's very talented. I think she's very great. Yeah. I just, I just listening to Tyler talk about the creativity behind his music. And it's not just, I want to make sure that I'm not just saying it's men. Like, I think Scissors in that category for me as well. Uh, um, like, I the, wish uh, she could sing, though. Uh, <laughs> I wish I uh, wish she look, could sing. When you came, I was like, I wonder what artist Jess was going to take shots at this time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna go on a tangent. Real quick. All right. Let's go on a tangent. <laughs> let's real go. Quick. Let's go. Do you need to be a good singer to be a good singer? Ah, uh, yes. You think so? I think you do. Chance think... the rapper is not a good singer. He's a but terrible he's not singer. A good singer. But I, I think he's a good singer. But he's not a good singer, <laughs> you know. Like like Childish Gambino, like he's a good, not a good singer. He's not a good singer, but he's a good singer. No, no. I think they're talented, and yeah. I think that they have, in the same way that how you feel about Beyonce, you know, like of course, um, their talent is placed differently. Yeah, uh, everyone appreciates Beyonce's vocals, but they don't. They don't. They they are okay with letting her artistry slide. Right, because if you think about it what she is pouring into an empty vessel essentially so of course. someone's writing a song and not to say that it's an empty vessel but that the, the emotions that that person put into the song Beyonce's isn't there uh and I I'll give an example to set you up is okay. like that uh that song um 
Shit, I just watched a video on Genius of the person talking about it. Oh, Love Drought. Love Drought, yeah. where the person was talking about how the song was about how they were felt cheated by the production company. Yeah. And that's what it's about. But then Beyonce pours into it. It's a completely different emotion. Completely different. And she pours her own artistry, her mm-hmm. own interpretation of it, puts in the, her own emotion, and then develops it in an artistic way mm-hmm. that really does make it her own. And I think that's why people are so willing to give her kind of like, all right, so you don't like write that, right? No. That. But you, you brought do, something to it. Yeah, you bring everything else to it that maybe someone else couldn't bring. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the writer couldn't bring that to their music. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a very rare phenomenon when you have someone who can really write something with integrity and passion of course. and emotion and deliver it in the way that they intend to. You know, I love SZA's writing style. Of course. I, probably one of my like top 10 writers. Oh, her lyrics are... Lyrically, Oof. fantastic. Oof. Um, in the studio, good enough to make something that I'm like, oh, this is good. Live. That's, that's on that. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say on that. Because, uh, and and I'll, and I'll definitely double down on your Beyonce thing because you have to give her credit because eighty percent of pop music is written by someone else for someone else, right? Yeah. And eighty totally. percent of it doesn't hit the way that Beyonce's hits. Exactly. Like they're also walking into something else that someone else wrote, and they're not bringing that same. I don't mean even know the word to describe that feeling to it, but yeah. you have with Beyonce like. People believe that love drought is about her and Jay-Z. Yeah. They believe it to be true. They, they believe, believe that it. she were everywhere. I was arguing with someone about that album. She's like, you don't write a song like Sorry unless you've gone through what she went through. And I was like, well, she didn't write that song. Yeah, exactly. You're just feeling that because of what, how, her, how solid of a performer she is. How she interpreted it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the thing about that, too, is like people are writing stuff for her. Sure. So they're kind of mirroring whatever is happening in her life. They're yeah. like, oh, this is going to work for of course. her. So. In a way, it is intended for her, and you're right. You don't go, th- you can't write something like that unless you go through it. So that's probably more credit to the writer, and then how she delivered it yeah. in a way that she has experienced something like that. You know, yeah. So I appreciate that. You know, I've had uh, instances where I've written stuff for different artists, and I've done the demo, and I sent it to them. You know, and the producer was like, "You want to just." this song. yeah because it feels so personal it feels so yeah. yeah but then when you hand it over to the other person like maybe they they'll put a new spin on it and that's the great thing about art too like with the tracks that i have i've released i wrote them with the intention and my own experience yeah to mean something specifically but when i released them and i was getting like the feedback from people they were kind of like relating it to whatever they've been through of you course. know and i was like man this ain't about what it's about at all yeah dude. but then i'm like that's kind of the great thing about it it's is supposed to be that subjective exactly mm-hmm. where i leave it vague enough mm-hmm. i don't know if vague is the right word but like i leave it vague enough where it's open up to interpretation for however that person is feeling or whatever they're going through in their life i'm too much of a pessimist to allow that i'm just <laughs> I, I mean look i of course i agree with you and i'm just being a dick but when I found out Pray You Catch Me was written by a white boy, it changed that song for me. Oh, yeah. And I love that white boy. I love Kevin Garrett. I think yeah. Kevin Garrett is dope. I like his music a lot. But when I was just like, wait a minute, because he was like doing, I, I watched too many YouTube live performances, and he was doing one, and he's like, this is a song I wrote for somebody else. And he started playing the chords, and I was like, what? And it blew me away. Yeah. Or when I found out that uh, um, 
forward by James Blake, like mm-hmm. that he just sent in a demo and then Beyonce just recorded her voice over it. Yep. There was zero collaboration. Like he was surprised when he heard it on the album. Yeah. Shit like that. It 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 can ruin the magic for me. It kind of yeah. reminds me of the first time I visited the set for the television show Community. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was no bigger than this room that we were in. No and way. Basically, all they're doing is just turning the sets around and around. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I thought it was a whole college. I know. The, I, it kind of does ruin the magic. You yeah. Know? I think that's why like Disney is so big on protecting the, the magic. Yeah. Unquote, like, they don't want to let you know what's happening behind the scenes. Exactly, because then it kind of ruins it for mm-hmm. you. When, you, when, you, when you're able to like see something and like work through it logically or in a way that's like very easy to comprehend, then yeah. you, you lose the mystery behind it. You lose the thing that makes it special sometimes. So. The Full House house didn't have a roof. <laughs> I believe that. Most and of them are sets. They, they're so. sets, bro. And that... When I watch shows, I think about that, and it kills it for me. I'm just like, these niggas don't have a roof right you now. Can't, you can't know nothing then. Damn, we can't tell you shit. I'm like, these niggas are in a house right now that does not have a roof. Listen, I get it. I get it, but, like, that's part of what makes it amazing. True. You know, like, despite them not having a roof, like, people still hella connected with it. And they still felt like they were in that living room. Yeah. With that family. And uh, even, like, despite, like, Beyonce with the James Blake track. That was still one of my favorite tracks. Of course. I mean, their duet is fucking phenomenal. Like, oh my God. The way those voices blend is so beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. Like, beautiful. And I, I love James Blake's music. Of course. So, um, you talk yeah. to the biggest James Blake stand in the world. Are right you here. serious? Uh, that's my dude. <laughs> that's my dude. Listen, yes. I, I mean, I just think James Blake. So, when we were talking around, I was telling you, like, how uh, uh, I, I consider you one of the purest voices I've ever heard. You remind me a lot of my friend. Uh, Dwayne, I think we talked about this last yeah, time we were here. And like James is up there too, where it's just like you guys can tell that you have these voices that can do what instruments do. Like they can move in the way that a piano can move. And I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of people have control of their voices in the way that I think you, James, Moses, I'd throw Beyonce on there too, and Dwayne, who's no longer alive, but. I think that you guys just had a control over your voice. And like we were just saying, and like SZA can sing, but does she, she have a lot of vocal sing. control? Like, you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Can she control what note she's hitting and stuff like that? Right. And in like, you know, mid without taking a breath or something like that. Yeah. Without correction in the studio. I think that there's a vocal control to, and James's voice, the range that he has is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. He has a very like pure mm-hmm. controlled voice and the tone is beautiful. And, I really appreciate it. I I don't listen to a lot of his music. Mm. You know, I don't. I think just this last album that he came out with, yeah, was the first time I ever listened to something like all the way through. Yeah. Um, but like, I really, I like fuck with his aesthetic. And yes. Just like his artistry is beautiful, and I actually I was at a party at Coachella like five years ago. No idea who James Blake was. At but the he time. was there. But he was DJing. Oh yeah. And everyone was like, "Oh, that's James Blake," and I was like, "Who?" Who's this six eight lanky white dude? Why everybody yeah. care about this guy? Yeah, I thought he was like on a platform. And yeah, <laughs> no, he's just fucking huge. He's just big. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and what's so interesting about you liking that last album is I think that that album probably features his vocals the least in a really? way that I find really interesting. Yeah, and I still love it. I mean, I don't know if he can release an album I don't like unless he went like full pop, but this album definitely. It's a lot more brighter than a lot of his other albums. It's yeah. a lot, a lot, a lot more major keys, I think. Uh, and but 
it was like kind of heavy on like the trap influence as well. Yes. Oh, very. I mean, he had a couple of songs uh, produced by what's the fucking guy's name? Man, streets are gonna take my card. <laughs> well, he, he had that song with like Travis Metro Scott. Boomin. Oh, Metro Boomin. Metro Boomin produced two songs on that one. The one with Moses. I love. And that the one, one with Travis. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Tell me. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. But I, I think that a lot of his other stuff was a lot, oh, like. The way he'd layer his fucking vocals was so crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely going to have to go back and, like, yeah, do some, like, archival listen. But then again, James is up there with Bon Iver and Justin. Well, I've never listened to Bon Iver before. Bro, I don't, if, by what you're saying as your definitions of people who can sing and people who can't sing. Yeah. I think by your definition, Justin can't sing. Justin who? Justin Vernon. That's Bon Iver's real name. Oh, really? Okay. Bon Iver's, like, a lot of people say it's a band, but it's not true because there's no other members. It's just him. <laughs> And he brings other people in to work on it. Whatever. Right. That's an argument for another day. But Justin Vernon, I I think by your measurement, he can't sing. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. You know, I feel like growing up in church and like anytime mm-hmm. you have that kind of background, you have that integrity about like vocal performance. Of course. Like it's, if you're going to sing live, it better be good. But you know that there were some grandmas that would get on that stage. <laughs> 100%. And, you know, you'd 100. go, whoo. You know, and God found a blessing in that. That's, exactly. all, you, that's all you gotta say afterwards. I mean, like Auntie Millie's ninety five. Like, mm-hmm. let her, let her do what she's gonna Brady's do. Like, what? <laughs> my faithfulness. <laughs> oh God, I find. And you know, everyone be like, everyone would just sit through it and uh-huh. just a nice, nice light applause. Exactly. But then I also felt like it was kind of a double standard because there are people who are really good at singing and almost they would get judged because it felt like people would be like, ooh, that performance was more for you than it was for God. Did you ever hear stuff like that? And they were like, very self-indulgent. Yeah. Giving the glory to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like you had to like exist in almost like mediocrity because if you were excellent, it meant that like you were trying too hard. Yeah. I feel like it's like doing karaoke. Mm -hmm. Which I hate karaoke. I Well, I love karaoke. (laughs) I'm growing to love it the more I live in LA. I used to hate it a lot, but because I can't sing. Uh, and I like having fun singing. Yeah. But fucking when someone gets up on there and like sings at last and they hit it, they go at last. And everyone's like, oh, I'm like, fuck that person. Yeah. This isn't for you. This isn't for you. <laughs> yeah. Go somewhere else. Go fucking record an album if you feel it, fucking It good. feels very like, uh, now that feels very like, look at me. Yeah. I can sing Whitney Houston yeah. so good. And it's like, fuck Man. you. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a mood though that's such a mood you have to like exist in a middle place yeah because if you're really bad people like mm, I don't kissing their it. teeth yeah. the whole time yeah. and, and if you're really because yeah you want someone who's like in the middle and then like that's why i think people really like when guys sing really girly songs and put their heart into it at a in karaoke like i remember i sang um Wrecking Ball one time. It was like a work party. We were all wrapping up and I sang Wrecking Ball. And everyone's Miley like, yeah, Cyrus? yeah. Oh, everyone's man. just like, everyone's like, yeah. Because like, it's like, obviously I'm nowhere near as good as she is at that song. If you want to even say that she's good. Uh, and, um, but if someone got on there and like fucking belted that shit and was just like putting a bunch on their voice, I'd be like, fuck, this fucking sucks. Yeah. Get out of here. Get off the stage. Yeah. It's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be good. Yeah. I like I learned my lesson about karaoke cuz Oh, you would Of course you would go up and you would crush, huh? <laughs> no, no, not at all. I just I'm not that kind of like an artist, so they were like sing a song. 
mm-hmm. and everyone like kind of like pressures you when you know how to sing. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, I don't want to do this. Like, mm-hmm. this feels so awkward. And then I go up and I choose like some deep cut. Some deep cut. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and people are like, like what we can't is sing. This? Yeah, we can't exactly. sing along. We don't know this song. I did that at a party recently. I sang this fucking uh, Michael McDonald song. And my, <laughs> at the end of it, my friend Sean was just like, "Way to pick a song nobody knows." Wait, what Michael McDonald song? Uh, uh, I keep, uh, I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting. Mm-hmm. Oh come on, that's my fucking jam. Boom, boom, boom. Oh come on, that's a jam right there. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. People didn't know that song. No, I mean everyone knew the beat. Ah, uh, because I think the beat is so familiar because yeah. of uh, uh, um. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that uh, Warren G and Warren G. Nate Dogg song, Regulate. Yeah. I think the beat is more familiar than the actual original. And I think, I think interestingly enough, not only with that song, but there's a lot of songs now that people are just like, this is that. Like, I remember I was in the car with somebody and they started playing uh, the song that the next episode is sampling. And someone's just like, ooh, this is a very fun version of that Dr. Dre song. And I was like, no. No, this is the, the original. The Dr. Dre song is the sample yeah. of, yeah. But I think we're at that point now. Where yeah. people are forgetting the originals to the songs. One hundred percent. I think like just recently I was listening to a song. Um I don't know if you'll know. It's called Too Wiki by Hoover Phonic. Um it's a song that's been sampled so many times. Hit me with it. Hit me but, with it. But um I mean, it's not for me to sing. Like, <laughs> it's not one of those. It's like a white girl who like kind of talks through the song. Oh, okay. Um and it's very it's very like dark and funky yeah and it uh it too has, wiki yeah too wiki it's it's really interesting song it actually that was one of the songs that inspired me to write um my last single my latest single decay just like uh sonically like how it moved through a space of like really really dark uh loops and like guitar mm-hmm. solo and then to like really heavy distortion um yeah but it was really really interesting and I just heard the original, like, last month. Damn. And you had been hearing the... I Well, I knew it had been, like, hella sampled. Of course. Because I've heard it so many times. But yeah. I kind of thought that they were just sampling to Wiki. Yeah. But really, that was a sample of the oh, original. Something, yeah. yeah, and, and it it's, was, like, a funk song from the 70s. It's so... I mean, I think, like, that's just what culture's always going to be, right? It's always going to be a snake eating itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, if you look at the story of Joseph and the story of Jesus... Very similar stories. Yeah. Uh, but I think that what we can do is make sure that anytime we're releasing something, we're also being like, don't forget to look backwards and don't forget to look at the original thing. Yeah, 100%. I, think I, that- I just did that um, recently. I did like uh, an interview and we basically made a playlist of all the songs and things that like inspired um, me to write the single. And of course, like lyrically, None of them were like inspirations in that way, yeah. but it was more like sonic and production things, moods, emotions that like kind of influenced it. Sure. And I, I really felt like very strong about putting those songs out there and being like, no, like, yes, this is something else. This, what I wrote lives in its own universe, but there are also things like I can look back on. Of course. And we can like put our respects to. You know, put some respect on their name. Yeah, of course. Like, make sure that people are aware of what this is. Because, yeah, we don't want those things to get lost, right? No. Especially now that iTunes is no longer going to be a thing. And, you know, any sort of uh, analog format of music is 
dying slowly. We have to do our best to preserve these oldies. Yeah, and I think that's also, it's like the two-headed snake. Um, these things are dying, but now they're able to live also. True. Streaming. True. And it's it's kind of hard because, like, unless someone is, like, pulling from the archives and being like, here, consume this. You're not going to be able to find it amongst yeah. the loudness of everything else. Amongst everything that's, like, being tweeted at you yeah. and, like, being promoted on Instagram or whatever. Yeah, it's really interesting. I always make sure to, um, I do, like, a monthly playlist on my Spotify account. And I always make sure to do, like, latest releases, but also put my favorites and then mm. things that are, like, real old. Yeah. You know, I like to throw in everything because I do feel like sometimes we miss all the, like, beauty in the spectrum of music. Of course. When we come back, we're going to stop beating around the bush, and the first thing you will hear is this single that Joshua has been hinting at. More when we return on NP Edgar.
darkness will obey. Rot the older way to grow, you must decay. Rooting your today, the darkness will obey. Rot the older way to grow, you must decay. Rooting your today, the darkness will obey. Rot the older way to grow, you must decay. Wow. So, first things first, how are you feeling today? How's your mood? How are you been? Uh, I feel incredible. I'm happy. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> I want to talk about a, a, a theme of that song. Right. Uh, to grow, you must decay. Yeah. That's some very dark shit. That's a... Uh, um, what, what what kind of inspired that? Uh, because I feel like in talking to you, you seem like someone who's always been very comfortable with themselves, always been very aware. Like, I feel like the outfit that you're wearing right now is how you came out the womb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I wish. You, uh, you've, you've always been this person. Like, you, you were always judged. But did you feel like there was, like, a decaying of yourself in order to reach this place that you are now? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I wasn't always... I, I always was who I am now mm-hmm. inside. But, but outwardly. Outwardly, I, I haven't always been able to, like, articulate or express those things. Mm-hmm. And um, this particular song, like, I wrote when I was kind of going through a really, really dark time. Mm. Um, I, I grew up here, like, in Southern California, yeah. L.A., I.E. Your family's been here for generations. Yeah. So I... I came up with like a lot of artists who are like big right now and mm-hmm. what is like a blessing and a curse, you know, like blessing. Cause like I get to be around them. I get to see like that artistry, a curse in the fact, in the sense of like mentally, I was not prepared for those things. And instead of using them as inspiration and helping that to drive my art, I let it become a hindrance to me because mm-hmm. I would see someone flourishing like, Oh, they put out a single it sounds so good. I can't do something like that. Yeah. So let me just wait. And then I'm like, all right, well, let me do this now. And it's like, nope, down, they have an EP. Oh, wait, now they're touring. Oh, now they have an album. Now that, you know, now like, they have a deal. Yeah. Yeah. And they're kind of like, they're a big deal. And like, I'm still here, like, afraid to begin. Mm. And it put me in a very, like, dark place. Like, artistically, I wasn't able to create. I wasn't able to, I was just very depressed. And, um, even with like relationships around me, I they were negative and yeah, I was just like, in a very bad place. And I realized, um, I just like came to this realization that in order for me to like move past all this stuff, I gotta like rot this away. Mm. You know, literally, I have to like do all the work to like peel off like the layers of just shit and and. Yeah, negativity that were holding me down. So, um, I ended up watching this like YouTube video. Like, I don't know what I was on, but (laughs) it it was like time lapse of these mushrooms growing, and I could see like around the mushroom as it was like growing and opening up Mm -hmm. and getting bigger that the leaves around it were like rotting away, and I was like, wow, everything in nature decays, and it stimulates the next cycle of life yeah and i was like 
just like in my life, there was like a buildup of all this negativity, all this shit, and I had to like literally rot it away, and that rotting became the fuel for what drove me forward. You Why know? do you think we're so obsessed with holding on to it? Because it's easier. Mm-hmm. You know, as horrible as it is, it's easier than like walking into an unknown. Mm-hmm. And it's easier than putting yourself out there vulnerably um, to just be miserable by yourself. As I said earlier, like I'm a massive pessimist and my friend and I were having a conversation and I think I, I over labeled on this. Uh, something that my therapist and I can get into later. But <laughs> I, uh, I, I said that I feel like our generation is a little bit more ahead of like our parents or any or even like our older siblings or whatever anyone ahead of us in that they all ignored problems right like yeah but if my mom had a mental health problem she ignored it and stuff right like that and our generation now we have the language but i think that we stop at just labeling mm. like we go i'm bad at commitment or i'm uh, 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 uh addicted to romance mm. but then we just stop yeah, like we're we like just, at least we're aware. Yeah, exactly. All right, I get a pass. Exactly. I think yeah. like we're so good at awareness, but there's not a lot of activity. Right. No, I agree, and I don't think it's pessimist of you. I think this is very realist. I think we, uh, I think our culture, in the way that we like are able to talk about mental health, in the way that we're able to be open about these things, mm-hmm. we stop at the realization, you know. Yeah. And I think that's really a problem. Because I have nieces and nephews who are 13, 14, 15, mm-hmm. and they're like, ha depression. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, actually, like, that's, that's not that funny. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. maybe that was funny in 2008 when people were barely being like, huh, I'm depressed. Oh, yeah. I want to die. And it's like, people are really going through things. Oh, absolutely. You know, and if this is how you feel, what are you doing to, like, help yourself? Exactly. What are you doing to change these habits and patterns of behavior? And that's where the work goes in, though. That's the decay. So, exactly. That's the decaying. Because it's not fun. No. It's not easy. It's, no. It's almost easier to just be like, uh, this is how I am, you know? And it's like, yeah, like, I'm glad that you realize that. But if you are not happy and you feel stifled, so what are you doing to, like, improve this situation? That is my biggest issue with the shows, like, uh, uh, 13 Reasons Why or Euphoria a little bit. Even though I think that, there is a part of euphoria that as much as I shit on the show, I do enjoy that her going to therapy is really showing her that the easiest part is just saying I'm an addict and stuff like that. But I think that there is this glorification of having a problem. Yeah, I agree. I think almost it's like, I'm different. Yeah. I have anxiety. It's yeah. like, girl, you ain't different. We all got fucking anxiety. Exactly. You ain't special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 I constantly wonder, what are we going to do about it? And like, it's so interesting because, you know, I see, I have friends on the other side of it who are like, no, I'm good. I'm completely healthy. And I go, mm. Mm, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> exactly. But I almost appreciate them more than I appreciate my friends who are just like, I'm depressed. And I'm like, all right, cool, dude. Dope. Like, yeah. Get off the couch. Like, let's do yeah. something about this. What can this. we do about this? Yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying it's easy. I don't want anyone to take that away. But no, no. I do feel as if, like, we get kind of satisfied with just labeling ourselves. Exactly. I think really, like, putting in the time and, like, commitment that it takes to nurture your own mental health. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm even guilty of this. I'm not of trying course. to, like, pontificate oh, or anything. No. But, like, um, it's so much easier to just be like, that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, the, the actual growth and... The hard work is where you find your freedom. Yes. 
you know and yes. and that's what that's where I was with writing that song you know in the darkest part of my life like if I had just stayed there and been like yep I'm it's dark I ain't got no inspiration you're not but, moving forward yeah and then it's like well then what's the point mm. if you don't learn something from it if you don't put in the active uh work to grow and to move past things and you'll never like be able to prosper in the absolutely. way that you want to oh absolutely uh, that that kind of reminds me a little bit. Maybe this is off tangent, but we have a a good mutual friend, Janine Hogan. She's been on the mm-hmm. pod a few times. Um, what's up? I love her. Yeah, I love her. Too. <laughs> well, slow down. I yeah. love her too. <laughs> no, no longer. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but uh, we used to have this argument a lot, especially when we were first becoming friends, of like talent versus hard work. And one of the ways that I would put it is, who's a better singer? I would ask her this a lot, and I think this will be an interesting question to you. Uh, the person who can sing very, very well but never does it, or the person who sings like, eh, okay, but they're putting themselves out there and they're doing everything every day. Like they're going to open mics and like working on their music. Like I would always ask her, who's a better singer? And she would, we would, she would always try to argue with me that it was the person who could sing very well and chose not to. And I was like, yeah. I don't think that's true because they're not singing. Yeah. I think it has to do with like the amount that you're able to pour into Absolutely. the thing that you love. You know, someone could be naturally gifted. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing. Like, yeah. Being naturally gifted in your art, dope, but you don't do it, so what? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. You're not a singer. No. You don't sing. No. You're not Which a dancer. Which is why SZA you don't is dance. a good singer, because she's out here singing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could agree with that. <laughs> I don't know about all that. But, but I see where you're coming from. <laughs> I will meet you halfway on that one. Yeah, she... Uh, I, I, I only agree to, like... A certain extent, I think, when you have a natural ability like that, sure, yeah, you're naturally gifted. But the person who really pours into their art is the person who's better at their craft. I mean, we always like wonder. We're like, we're always just like, why? Did, how did this person get here? They're not that good or whatever. It's like they worked. They worked really, yeah. really hard. And then again, there are situations where people are very lucky and yeah, time and place. Yeah, look. but like you know, like they look or perhaps they're connected to privilege or wealth in a certain way that they could buy their way there. But there are people who aren't as talented as others who can make it very, very far. Yeah. I think talent only takes you so far. Yeah. Like I've met some super, super talented people who are extremely lazy Mm -hmm. and you know, they sit there and complain. Oh, she ain't shit. She can't sing. And it's like, who are you to say anything? Like you don't do it. No, you choose not to. Yeah. You know, you like choose to sit on your talent so how dare you like shit on somebody who's like out here really like hustling yeah maybe they have half the talent but talent only takes you so far uh we've been talking about the bible so much that i have to do you remember that story in the new testament where uh that guy he's like a master and he gives each of his servants oh yeah a number of talents right there's like he gives one five he gives one three and he gives one one and the guy with five goes and buys land and then, like, you know, invest it. The guy with three, what does he do with it? He, like, buys, like, fruit and sells them. And then the guy with one buries it in the ground. Right, exactly. That story used to really fuck me up as a kid. Yeah, me too. It's something that resonates with me to, like, this day mm-hmm. because, you know, I was I was that one talent person at one mm-hmm. time. Like You felt you buried it. 100%. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just like, oh, I can't be, like, so-and-so. I can't do this, so... I just won't do it. Yeah. You know, and it's, and then it, it, he was like punished at the end. Yeah, he was. Know? Yeah. The, he was the, like hella punished. The master banishes him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to 
be given a gift and then not try to use it for you know the best that i can yeah i want to like be out here if i have a gift i want to be able to pass on something to someone else i want someone else to be inspired by a yeah. gift not just like i don't want to be out here like talking about people how sizzle can't sing and then i'm like not doing anything you facts know? facts and, and what's so interesting about that guy is that in the story he's just like well you only gave me one you gave them five and he's just like yeah but you could have made that one three yeah. See, but that's that comparison thing that yeah. I was talking about. You yeah. know, like we out here looking at everybody else on social media, on even in real life, on TV, whatever. And it's like you sitting out here focusing on these other people, mm-hmm. you're completely neglecting the abilities and talents and amazing person that you have the potential to be. Absolutely. You know, that's where I was. Yeah. I was looking at Moses, I was looking at all these other people was out here like really doing stuff. And I was like, man, I can't be like them. So I guess I can't be. And I realized, like, wait, I can be different. I can do things. I just have to do them. Oh, of course. Of course. And, I mean, I mean, we talked about Moses before. I remember uh, <laughs> you gave a little shade, but. No, uh, I love Moses. I love <laughs> Moses with all my heart. <laughs> I think I said that you, that you couldn't hit a note that Moses hit, and you were very offended. I was. I was like, I can hit it, and more. <laughs> <laughs> but um, That church singer in me really coming out. <laughs> yeah, truly, 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 but be careful, be careful. I'm like, take me a like, half a key up. Yeah. <laughs> the I can sing it. The organist is like, are you sure? <laughs> I got this. We just got this stained glass. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, But, uh. Damn, what was that point? I was no, I I one hundred percent agree with all of that. I think that the trap that we tend to fall into is limiting ourselves, and I and I find that so. Oh man, that book has some good gems in it. That's mm-hmm. what I hate about the Bible. It's, uh, it, uh, there's I some hate good that stuff. there's some good stuff in there. Yeah, there's some good stuff in there. A lot of it is trash. <laughs> A lot of it is the the whole uh, uh, the laws part is uh, yeah. Like but there's Old some Testament really laws. yeah yeah. But there's some really good more like that. I think that that story is like a very fantastic, still applicable story. Absolutely. So the single is out. Yeah. What's the plan there? Is the are we look are we looking at a Joshua album? The first Joshua yeah. album. Um, I mean, eventually, that's sure, yeah. long term. I would love to have an album. I think right now, I don't want to get too caught up in um, like planning things too far of course, ahead. Of course, um, you're in discovery mode, right? Yeah, I'm very much in like an artistic place where I am learning and I'm growing. I'm doing singles, and I plan to like be releasing things as singles, and maybe at the end of it, like grouping them together and be like yeah. the EP. Mm-hmm. Um, add a few more tracks on there and you know call it a piece of work yeah um but of course one day i would love to release an album and have like a full continuous story like the old albums like people used to make where it was a narrative going yeah, through of course i love that um but yeah 100 percent one day or you're not signed right you're currently unsigned no currently unsigned well you know again i heart radio we bring in these artists all the time, just on your network, uh, you know, whatever. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Just let me know. I'll yeah, uh, but um, I find that so interesting that you're in this discovery mode right now because, again, and this could just be my own projection because uh, one thing that I constantly lament about myself is that I'm not as weird as I want to be in my own head. I think we talked about that a little bit last <laughs> time. Maybe that was with someone else. But, like, I am not, like... 
I don't imagine myself to be a mainstream guy. I pray to God that no one receives me or perceives me as that. Right. But I do find myself, like, you know, satisfied with, you know, like, I perform on Herald Night at UCB, which yeah. is, like, you know, a very mainstream comedy theater at this point. It's not out. I think I've seen you perform. Have you? That. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I sent a video to, like, Janine. I was like, hey, look, it's Edgar. Oh, yeah. Um, and, like, you know, I mean... I, I feel like my sensibilities aren't like I, I constantly limit myself because I'm so worried about what other people would think. I'm like, mm. oh, that's too weird, or that's not what we're doing right now, and stuff like. Like, I I want to release weird shit. I want to do weird shit. Like, yeah. I love dancing and I love being like weird. And I don't know. I'm just saying a big general catchphrase right now. Mm-hmm. How much in this discovery mode are you allowing outside voices in? Oh, I'm like. Ugh. As far as, like, influencing what I'm making. Whatever, or, yeah. However you want to answer that question. I am very, very, like, isolated and protective when it comes to, like, what I'm creating. Absolutely. Um, Of course, like, influences in things that I've heard or growing up or those, those things that, like, kind of just influence you as a person mm-hmm. are there 100%. I'm not, I'm not that, like, gifted where I just came out the womb and had everything figured out. But, um... As far as like actually like letting someone like coming in like oh let me help you write something or let me help you with this thing in production I'm always like no 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 yeah I know exactly what it's supposed to sound like when I wrote it I know exactly what it needs you know so the amount of help that I allow is very minimal and I feel like that's okay at a baby stage right yeah. because like you want to make sure that you're not succumbing a part of yourself to anyone else just yet yeah not yet I mean not at this stage. I think it's too important that I be my most authentic self and yeah. present like something that is very much inspired, written, produced. Even though I I have had help on production, of course, of course, because um, there's just things that I can't you don't do. No, yeah, yeah, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, at production level. Um, but like the notes that like are added uh, musically are. No, nothing without my consent or like control you know i'm very i'm very like wait what what drum pattern did you just put on there yeah i don't like that can you do this instead yeah um because the final product says jeshua right yeah and if you feel like it's not your honest thing it, then what's the point i feel i think that was the hardest part about me being in a writer's room is i learned how much you give something up and it doesn't become yours. And I learned that it happens almost at every level of it. Yeah. That it really fucked me up. It really fucked me up. And like, you know, the show is out now and I, I love it and it's great. But I, I can see the strokes of just so much outside stuff. Yeah. I think that happens naturally, especially when you're working in a collaboration space. Of course. And like for I've been, a big company and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And like like I've been writing um for other artists as well. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I write like pop stuff. I write some like alternative shit and it's kind of hard to relinquish the control even to the point and maybe this has to do with like with ego versus artistry sure. um but it's hard for me to even be like the second name listed on the writer's credit because i'm mm-hmm. like no like i really put my heart and soul into this yeah i'm i'm i wrote that vocal melody i wrote these words you know um but it is learning to be in a collaborative space how is it hearing it back like do you hear it back and go i would have I would have done that. Or... Um, no, because actually I'm in the studio the whole okay. time when they're recording it. So okay. for the most part, they're like singing something. And producer's like, good. And I'm like, hey, can you do this? Uh-oh. Do Joshua. this real quick. 
I know. He's a little diva. A little bit. <laughs> no, but it's it, less but of a diva. <laughs> more of like, artistically, I want it to be exactly the vision that we had. I mean, they always forward. say in film, right? Like, the only difference between auteur and asshole is letters. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> exactly. And I, I try to do it like as respectfully as I can, you know? Yeah. Um, But there is a point when that has to kind of, when someone's like not listening. Yes. And they're not taking your input. You got to be like, no. That sounds bad. Yeah. Do it like Because this. if not, like, you know, like, that's how you get, you know, I mean, I don't want to shit on anyone's music, but you can see, you can see yes music, like, so hard. Yeah. You can see yes music when you're just like, man, ain't nobody in the studio told them this was whack. Yep. Like, exactly. everyone's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see it. You can hear it. You can feel it. And I have, like, like, a visceral response when I'm in the studio. Like my voice, I can lie out my mouth, but damn, my face and body can't. Yeah, you know, and people yeah. will ask me like, "How's that?" And I'll be like, eh. "Yeah," you know, and they're like, "What? You don't like it?" I'm like, "I mean, if you like it, yeah," you know, like. <laughs> so of course, it, I try to like stay as true because at the end of it, if it has my name on it, I want it to be done with integrity. I want it to sound great. I want the artist who is making the music, I want them to sound their best as well. Yes. And for me to, like, lie would be doing them a disservice. Of course. You know, so Diva, at the end of the day, it's helping all the parties. No one minds if the work is good. If you're a Diva diva and your shit is trash, then everyone's going to be mad. But it's like, really? Yeah, but if the work is good, then no one's going to mind. And I hope that, like, as I work and as I continue to work with different artists and grow as a writer, um, that I still like am able to keep that like respectability and like integrity in what I do. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't want to ever like bulldoze someone. I try no. really hard to be like, what do you think? What do you like about this phrase? You know? Um, but I can't help like in my head, I'd be like, nah, this is right. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I know I'm asking you, but you know, this is right. This way. is right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, when we come back, we're going to hear one more track from Joshua.
different sounding than right? uh, uh, what i'm used to from you yeah so was that a song that you wrote for someone or uh that was a song i wrote with uh this artist called via mm-hmm. and um it very much like took the inspiration from like blood orange kind of sound oh like, yeah Dev very Hines. much so very, very much um so. yeah but i i wanted it to play that song specifically because it's such a different like sound than what i do oh personally. absolutely it's such a departure from i think like and obviously there's the you know, it's in the major key. It's like yeah, uh, it's it's heavy heavy rhythm uh, yeah. and stuff like that. A little bit bubblegum pop, mm-hmm. but I I feel like even the way that you're singing is different. One hundred percent. I sang. Uh, I felt like the vocal delivery had to be, um, lighter, mm. um, a little more poppy. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the great thing about like people who study like their their instruments. You can play different styles. You can mess around with it because i think the heaviness of the way i speak or i sing with like a very heavy vibrato and um very like raised palette in in my music where it's darker and it facilitates things like that of course this music wouldn't do that no no if you were like you know hitting a vibrato in this i'd be like all right dude chill <laughs> yeah no it, it'd be too much you it know? goes back so, to that karaoke thing that we're saying it, right like, exactly <laughs> like we'd be like this isn't this place for that yeah, yeah like go do that somewhere else yeah um yeah but i I really enjoyed like writing with Via on this one, and that was one of the first experiences I had 
sharing that with somebody, mm. sharing that artistry and taking a secondary seat because I'm so used to kind of like either I'm controlling everything about my music yes. or I'm writing for someone and I'm like, this is the completed idea. Here you go. And this is how it should sound. Mm-hmm. And this was the first time I worked with someone where I was like coming onto their track that she already wrote a majority of the song. I went in and I did, um, I wrote my verse and then I wrote on uh, like the bridge and some of the vocal work on the chorus. So I was really coming in as a secondary party mm-hmm. and it was really teaching me how to work in that, in that capacity. That's not a space that you're usually in. That's like we said, no. solo, solo, solo artist. Super solo. I like to do everything myself. Mm-hmm. Um, very controlling, but only because I have a very definitive vision of like what I want. Yeah. Um, Did you find that process easy at all? Yes and no. Like, mm-hmm. no in the sense of I wasn't used to it and I didn't know how to operate in that space. And um, it took me a little bit of time to kind of get in the groove of how to work with someone in that capacity. Um, and yes, in the sense that I clicked with Vio right away. Yeah. And her and I had amazing chemistry and we were able to create something effortlessly. So, yeah, it was it was a learning process. I mean, when you get along with someone, it's a lot easier for you to let go of the reins. 100%. Or, or t- when you trust someone with their, like, I saw her art already and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, you already, like, you be knowing how to, like, do yeah. this. You know, you're not new to this. You don't need guidance in that way yeah so i'm like okay well i can i feel comfortable relinquishing some control here and knowing that you you know what you're doing because sometimes you can doubt what this person's intentions are or if they are their capabilities or whatsoever 100 percent, you know 100 but this was not one of those situations so Mm -hmm. this was an amazing opportunity and i learned so much from this and i was able to like meet a lot of people that i normally wouldn't be around in like a pop sensibility you know because yeah, that's not the space they usually operate in no exactly is there a music video for this song uh it's coming out soon okay because i was gonna pitch you a music video okay give me your pitch uh, you guys are at the beach uh-huh and it's a uh, it's shot on like an instagram filter okay you guys are running around as bubbles and you guys all have red solo cups in your hands <laughs> I like it. That's not far off. <laughs> That's not far off from the actual video. And you guys are playing tag. Everyone's playing tag throughout yeah. the whole video. No, that's definitely a vibe. <laughs> um, no, the video I think is coming out next month. Oh, nice. Uh, maybe. What a- was that? I mean, I know this isn't your first music video. I know you and Janine did a very interesting video. Oh, yeah, I we really did. enjoyed it. Uh, but what was this experience like shooting it and like, you know, not trying to diss Janine, but like a, a little bit more of a bigger artist. And, yeah. You know. Um, I think shooting with Janine like taught me a lot because before then I had only been, I'd been, listen, I've been in a lot of music videos mm-hmm. as like a dancer or just like mm-hmm. background, whatever. But like going in and watching an artist kind of move through that was, that was the first time I had done that where I was like, oh, wait, I'm singing on this. Mm-hmm. You know, I have, I have a say in how this goes. Yeah, you're not in the background. Um, yeah, I'm not in the background. I'm not having someone be like, all right, and five and six. You know, it's yeah. not like that anymore. Um, so that was a really good learning experience. And then it prepared me for going into this experience with Via because this was shot on a different level of production. You know, we had like multiple scenes, like wardrobe changes, like a whole huge crew. Um, so it 
it was good. I, I really loved it. I loved being part of it. I loved being able to like step out of what I would normally do. You know, um, the outfits we wore were different. I danced in this music video. Like oh, we have like wow. choreography and that's just not something that I would normally do for my own music. You're all the way turned up on this. this I is, really was. Yeah, like, man, I like that. I was real turned up and like, and I'm happy for it. Like, um, we ended up after we filmed the video, mm-hmm. um, Via ended up hitting me up and was like, Hey, we did something really magical with that song. Like, would you like come and write on my album? Uh, join her writing so, camp. Yeah. So mm-hmm. our writing camp is her and I right now. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And uh, it's really exciting. We have a song that we're working on. I don't know if I can like say what it's called, but um, it's it's amazing. Like it's so fun. Last year, would you have taken an opportunity like that? Uh, I don't know if I would have been confident enough to take an opportunity like that's that. That's fascinating to me. That's yeah. so fascinating to me that you put yourself out there and now look at where it's got you. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely taking me to a place that I didn't think I necessarily would be, you know, working. And now I'm working with like hip hop artists. I'm working with like rappers. And I'm like, I never dreamed that I could like write a rap. Yeah. I'm not a rapper. Like, let me just put that out there. I'm yeah. not a rapper. But as a lyricist, neither is Charles Gambino. <laughs> he's not a singer either. Oh, come on now. <laughs> he's not a singer. <laughs> if he ain't a rapper, he definitely he ain't says, a singer. Okay, that was a reference. People who know Charles Gambino, his first two mixtapes were called I'm Not a Rapper. Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm new. Uh, but um, no, I, 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 I see that, that you're like challenging yourself and you're, you're pushing yourself to new limits and new things. Um, are you afraid at all? Oh, 100%. Mm. You know, I, I think in if I'm being honest with myself, like, I'm afraid of what... I don't know if afraid is the right word. No, of course. I think it's more like um, there's so many factors yes. that the unknown is just scary. Yes, there's, there's a lack of control in the amount of yeah. ways it could go. Exactly. Because it could I'm, be a hit. Or it could be nobody fucks with it. Or it could be a hit, but then Via's just like, eh, I'm sorry. Or like someone's just like, well, Via, come. Or it could be the exact opposite where someone's just like, hey, we really like this. We want more of something like this from you. Yeah. And you're just like, well, I like doing this. We didn't give a fuck, nigga. We said more of this shit. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like there's so many things that Listen, if the paycheck is right, I'm going to be like, I'll be there. You know what? <laughs> I have talked about this with so many musicians, and I feel like musicians feel less up in their butt about this than like writers mm-hmm. and a lot of directors and shit like that or maybe it's just me but my friend jake and i used to get into a large big arguments and I'll, I'll ask you about this where i asked him if you could take over as a lead singer for maroon 5 would Ooh, you do it no and he said of course i would and i was like jake no you would like you're the most like he's like this guy in the new york punk scene right now like you know very much and i'm like Jake, no, that's like everything against who you are. And he's yeah. just like, Edgar, the amount of control that I would have, like the amount of access I would have to things. And it's just something that I, I know I'm sitting here saying I wouldn't when like literally my last job was on a Fox comedy that came on Sundays at 930. But like, I, I don't know. I feel like a part of me wants to believe that I wouldn't, but then I don't know if I could confidently say if someone said, Edgar, I want you to write the next Alvin and the Chipmunks movie that I would say yeah. no. Okay. But I, I want to believe that I would. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if someone 
if I was put in that position, I suppose, yeah. like, be the lead singer of Maroon 5, I, I pretty wholeheartedly believe I would say no. Yeah. Um, And when I say, like, if the money's right, I mean, if I can sit in a studio and write something for you, and I can create something, and the money's right, what you choose to do with it is different. That's true, because it doesn't affect your brand at all. Exactly. Like, with this show on Fox, no one knows, like, no one's just like, that's your baby, right? right? I was just the writer on it and stuff like that. Exactly. You just wrote the songs. No one's going, that's... Because Pharrell out here writing songs for people that we'd be very surprised yeah. that he wrote songs for. Yeah, but I think that's what makes him an amazing artist. That yes. He's able to do that. Yes. And when you're an amazing artist, you're amazing at your craft, people are going to want you. And there's going to be like times when it's a passion project and you're like, I believe in this. Like, I believe in this. I'm going to do it because I want to do it with integrity. I want, you know, all this shit. And there's other times where it's going to be a check. Exactly. Mm. And you're going to be like, well, this is what I do. And you like it and I do it well. So let me do and, this. And that's supposed to support the stuff that you fuck with. Exactly. Period. Like, you, you got to, sometimes you got to take those jobs. Now, if you're asking me, though, about being the lead singer, no. I wouldn't put my name on that. And. Mm be the face of Maroon 5. Like, I don't now, believe in their music now, How like about that. this? I want to I wanna work on a pop album, Joshua. I want you to come write some songs for me. 100%. <laughs> I do it. There's no check, though. Ooh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing. Joshua, it has been so fantastic talking with you. It is. Uh, um, Likewise. I, I feel like you're just someone... We could talk truly forever about some of the shit that we've been talking about. But if there's one thing that you want people... To walk away from this conversation knowing what would it be? Um, dang, that's like hard. Putting me on the spot. Um, musically, about Any, my music. Anything, anything. You pick. Um, you're in charge. I would just like people to like take away something from my music, from like listening to my music, feeling something, and kind of translating that into whatever space that they're in in their life. Um, and knowing. And like, hopefully, that can inspire them to like grow and move forward and create something or be something that they really aspire to be. I like that. I like that. Use your music to help grow themselves. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, Joshua, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Joshua I Am, and uh, you can find me on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Title. All them. You have some singles out right now. Yeah, I have the one that you guys heard, um, as well as two features, um, and then I will be releasing another single, uh, I believe in September. Well, there you go. Wake me up when September gets here. Gets here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Green day. You can, <laughs> you can follow Jaquees Neal at Jaquees Neal on all social media. You can follow myself. At Awfulgram on Instagram, at Edgar on Twitter. Guys, summer is indeed. I mean, guys, it's almost over. You're running out of time to hop on some sick, sick, sick Culture Kings merch. You can do that at tpublic.com slash Culture Kings. Guys, I just realized how good I am at ending this show, and it made me depressed and sad because I feel like a corporate shrill. Uh, He's so, depressed, uh, but what is he going to do about it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'll be happy with what I plan on doing about it. Uh, that's it. You can find us at Culture Kings Pod. Uh, thank you so much for listening. <laughs>